Uh, I'm excited about today. I'm excited about what God has in store for all of us. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. If you don't know where that is, don't act like you do. Look it up in the table of contents or look it up in your phone, 1 Samuel chapter 10. We're going to jump right into the middle of a story here, beginning in verse number 20. It says, when Samuel had all Israel come forward by tribes, the tribe of Benjamin was taken by Lot. Then he brought forward the tribe of Benjamin, clan by clan, and Matri's clan was taken. Finally, Saul, son of Kish, was taken. But when they looked for him, he was not found. Everybody say Samuel. Samuel. Everybody say Saul. Saul. Do it one more time. Say Samuel. Samuel. And say Saul. Saul. These are two important characters that we'll be looking at. Uh, when they looked for him, looked for Saul, he was not found. So they inquired further of the Lord. Has the man come here yet? And the Lord said, yes, he has hidden himself among the supplies. He has hidden himself among the supplies. The title of today's message is Looking for a Leader. Looking for a Leader. Um, we have a lot to unwrap today, and I'm very, very excited about it. This passage of scripture is beautiful. It's again found in Samuel. Samuel is a prophet. Uh, this man is a leader of leaders. Uh, he has been speaking on God's behalf to the children of Israel. And this guy Saul is about to be Israel's first king. Now, God did not want them to have a king, but the people were adamant that they would have a king. And, and we're not going to get into all the nuances of that because Saul ended up being a very, very flawed leader. But, but there are a lot of truths and principles that we can learn from this passage of Scripture that I think will push us forward. We find here that in this moment, Saul is about to have his coronation service. He's about to become king. This is his moment when the prophet Samuel is going to let everybody know that this is the king that God has chosen. So the moment is happening. The music is playing. The flowers have been set up. Imagine it's your wedding for a second. Imagine it's your wedding. You're the bride or the groom. Some of you are like, Lord, let that be in Jesus' name. <laughs> It's your wedding day, right? It's your wedding day. Uh, you're the bride. You're, you're, you're the groom. Everything is set up. The cello player is there. The flower petals are all on the floor. The candles are perfect. Those that you wish could be at the wedding but aren't at the wedding. You got pictures of them on the sides. I mean, everything is picture perfect. It is time for the wedding to start, but you can't find the groom. You can't find the bride. It's like, what, what, what? This better not be a runaway bride situation right here. <laughs> where, 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 where's the bride? Where's the groom? This is what's happening in this moment. This is the moment where he is supposed to, uh, his coming out party, if you will, where everyone's going to know he is the king. They can't find him. He's hiding among the supplies. I read this. And I felt like this was without a doubt for us here at Shoreline City. 
called, you have a destiny. God wants to do something in you and through you. Has a position even he wants you to fulfill in your generation. And many of us hiding among the supplies. Fathers that are hiding. Mothers that are hiding. Sons and daughters that are hiding. Business leaders and owners that are hiding. People that God has put on this earth for such a time as this that are hiding. They've got something in them that God has put in them for this moment, for this generation. And, and God is saying, now is your time to step up. Now's your time to speak up. Now's your time to step into it. Now's the moment where we're going to put a ring on it and we're looking for you and can't, can't find you because you're, you're hiding. Hiding maybe because of past trauma. Hiding because of what somebody spoke over your life. Somebody said you would never amount to anything, so you've been hiding ever since. Hiding because of some mistake that you made at some point that you think disqualifies you from doing and being what God has called you to do and be hiding for a myriad of reasons, but hiding nonetheless. And I felt like God put on my heart today, Shoreline City, online, in the room, no matter where you are, if you're married or if you're single, if you're a man, if you're a woman, no matter what your backstory is, God God is saying to all of us today, I'm looking for a leader. I'm looking for a leader. I'm looking for a leader. And the leader I'm looking for is you. Oh, it's you. It's you. Uh, let me tell you this. You know this. You didn't decide that you would be born. Okay? Do the math. You, you did not sit around one day and say, hey, I want to. I want to come into the earth. No, that's not how it happened. Your mom and your dad did their thing, and you ended up here on this planet. Some of y'all, 17 years ago, 12 years ago, 25 years ago, 35, 45. I hope we got some 99 years ago, my grandmother, who is watching right now online. God decided that you would be born in this generation. You did not choose to put yourself here. God put you here. God said, there's a problem in the world, and I'm going to bring this man or this woman into the world to be a source of healing and strength and hope and life in their generation. I'm going to put this man or woman on this earth, not just so that they can go through suffering, but so that they can help other people get through their suffering. I'm not just putting them here so they'll go through battles. I'm going to put them here so they can help other people make it through their battles. And here we are sitting in our generation and too many of us are still hiding. You got your reasons. And they're legitimate in your mind. In your head, they make sense. In your head, it makes total sense why you would be hiding. Because maybe you've never seen anybody that looks like you that's doing the things that God has called you to do. Maybe, 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 just maybe, nobody in your family has ever done the things that God has called you to do. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, you don't have an example, you don't have a picture, you don't have an image that you feel like you can follow after. But I'm just letting you know, if you don't have a picture, let me give you one. His name is Jesus. And since Jesus said, 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. You can follow in his path and in his way, and you can fulfill everything that God has called you to fulfill. If you don't see a trail blaze, you go ahead and blaze the trail yourself. You be who God has called you to be and do what God has called you to do. I'm looking for a leader. How did this guy, Saul, even end up in this spot to be king? How did it even happen? We're going to walk through his story here. And you're going to discover that it's not as clean and crisp as you might think. It's not like all laid out and perfect and beautiful like we want our purposes to be. Like we want everything just to be perfect, tucked in nice and neat, put on a nice platter. That ain't how it works. (laughs) How it works is this man, Saul, stepped into his destiny looking for donkeys. And I ain't kidding. He's looking for donkeys and stumbles into his destiny. Go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 9. 1 Samuel chapter 9. I want to hear more Bible pages turning too in this church. I'm going to stop putting the words on the screen so y'all got to bring your Bible. (laughs) 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse number 3, it says, Now the donkeys belonging to Saul's father Kish were lost. Now real quick, you need to know that Saul's father was was wealthy, a man of influence. Saul was very handsome. You can read that in verses 1 and 2. He's tall, handsome, available. Verse number three, he's dead now, y'all. You can't have him. Now, the donkeys belonging to Saul's father, Kish, were lost. And Kish said to his son, Saul, take one of the servants with you and go and look for the donkeys. This is his mission, to go look for donkeys. He's going out. Does anybody own a donkey? Anybody? Okay, I got one person. Okay, one person in the room owns a donkey. Okay, do they say hee-haw? Is that true? It's true. Okay. I, I have not been around a donkey for a minute, and I don't plan on being around one either. And I find it very interesting that we have somebody in the room that has one. But I don't have a lot of connections with donkeys at all. I understand they're stubborn. I understand they can be hard to deal with. I understand they can be very strong workers. But here are these donkeys, and they are lost. And the Bible does not tell us that that Saul uh, begrudgingly goes and looks for these donkeys. It doesn't say that. Now, if he's a teenager, maybe he does. Because sometimes, we know, come on, teenagers, you know sometimes. Do the dishes. Take out the trash. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'll play my Xbox. I'll take that Xbox from you right now and destroy it if you don't get... That's never happened in our house. (laughs) You're asking a small task and get a lot of attitude sometimes. Do you pay any bills in this house whatsoever? Are you, like, you contributing anything? You're taking a lot. Get this trash and skip and sing while you are taking it to the garage, okay? But 
<laughs> Thank you, Lord, that I can take out trash. Yes, I can, because I'm not going to get my... Never mind. Uh, I don't even know where that was going. I don't know where that song was going. Keep it holy, y'all. Uh, we don't know that it's begrudgingly. We think, uh, I'm going to assume that he's positive with it. He decides, I'm going to go out. I'm going to look for these donkeys he's with. The servant, they're looking for the donkeys. And you can read in verse 5. Go ahead and put it on the screen for me. In verse number 5, Saul turns to the servant. He's like, man, we better go back. Because we've been looking for a long time. And my dad, he's going to stop thinking about the donkeys and he's going to start thinking about me and us. And I don't want him to be worried about us just looking for donkeys because I think he likes me more than the donkeys, well, which makes sense. Well, then, then the servant says, the servant says, and you can read this later in verses 16 through like, ah, verses 6 rather through about uh, 13 or so. The servant, the servant says, okay, okay, listen, before we go back, before we go back, I heard that there's this prophet dude. Okay, there's this prophet, and if we go see the prophet, he'll probably tell us where the donkeys are because he's a prophet. <laughs> so I was like, okay, that makes sense, but I don't have anything on me, man. I'm, I got nothing on me. All of our food is gone. And the servant says, hey, it's cool, it's cool. I got some silver, all right? I'll give him a little silver. It'll be good, it'll be good. A little transaction, not have to be sneaky. I'm going to give him the silver, like, hey, man, tell us where the donkeys are. Here's a little bit of silver. Okay, so they're thinking, I've, I've got to bring a gift. To the, to, the, to the prophet. So Samuel, Saul says, that works for me. Let's go. And they start heading to find Samuel, the prophet. Okay. While they're on their way uh, to, to the town, some ladies are going to work. And they're going to work. And Saul says, hey, do you know where the prophet is? They look at Saul. One commentary tells me, and thinks, they think, hmm, tall, handsome, maybe long flowing hair. I know nothing about this. And they say, yeah, we know where the prophet is. <laughs> he's right here. No, he's like, I know what a pro I know what a prophet is. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I'm too much in this story. Uh, I know where, I know what a prophet is. I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you what a prophet is. He's in the town. <laughs> he just got here. And so I was like, okay, th th thank you, thank you. Uh, they say, if you hurry up, you can probably see him. So Saul and the servant start heading into the town. Look at verse number 14, verse number 14. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 9. It says, they went up to the town, and as they were entering it, there was Samuel coming toward them on his way up to the high place. So they're walking into the town, and at that exact moment, the guy that they are looking for happens to be walking towards them. I remember a moment a little bit like this when I was in college and I'm on my way to basketball practice and I remember, I remember, I've told, I've told you all this. I'm walking down to practice and the prophetess named Onika came walking towards me and I saw that fine chocolate mama coming towards me 
And I'm like, dang. Hair all perm, jean jacket on, red lipstick. I gave her the old. Not too much, not too little, little just, what's up, girl? And she smiled back at me. I still remember that moment. I'm so glad that, that it happened. My life has been changed forever. Here, 25 years married later, but you 28 years we've known each other. It's just the best thing in the entire world. So I know these, I know these moments, these moments. Now, this is what we're about to find out. We're about to find out that when Saul and the servant are looking for the donkeys, and they just happened to bump into the prophet, Samuel. We're about to find out that the day before, God was speaking to the prophet about Saul. We're about to find out that when Saul and the servant are wandering around looking for lost donkeys, that God was actually working behind the scenes and using the thing that was lost to actually bring them to their destiny. I just want to talk to some of us that feel like we've lost some things. Lost some innocence. Lost some hope. Lost a job. Feel like you've lost your purpose. Feel like you've lost some vision. Feel like you lost your confidence. Feel like you lost some, your swag. And you kind of been looking around. Feel like maybe you even lost your relationship with God. And you're searching and searching and searching. And I just want you to know when you think you're wandering, God is actually working. When you think you're lost and you don't know what's going on, God's like, if you keep on searching, if you keep on looking, if you keep on pursuing after that thing that's lost, I'm actually going to help you find the thing that you actually need more than the thing that you actually lost and this is what God has the ability and the power to do what he does is he takes all things and he makes them all work for good for his good and his glory and right now sons and daughters you need to know that if you feel like you are in a lost place God is working behind the scenes doing things in you and for you and on your behalf right now your name is probably in somebody else's mouth that you don't even know an opportunity a door opening and it's not because you're so good it's because God's so good and he is doing things right now that you don't even know that he's doing Saul's looking for donkeys and God's like oh, I got your purpose for you we find out here look 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 verse 15 now the day before Saul came the day before Saul came, the day before, the Lord had already revealed to Samuel about this time tomorrow, about this time tomorrow, about this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin, anoint him ruler over my people Israel. He will deliver them from the hand of the Philistines. I have looked on my people for their cry has reached me. They're wandering around looking for donkeys. And God says, oh, I, I can even use donkeys. I can use the mundane. I can use the ordinary. I can use the inconsequential to help you find me. What we learned here is that long before we were ever searching for God, God was searching for us. This is what Saul 
stumbles into. Now, Saul doesn't know it. He doesn't know it. You're about to see that Saul and Samuel are face to face. And Saul says to Samuel, uh, can you tell me where the prophet is? He's standing there face to face, talking with the prophet. Look, the person he is looking for is right there in front of him. He does not recognize him. I just think there might be some things that might be right there in front of you that are the very answer to the prayers that you have been praying. And I'm just telling you, God is going to reveal to you. I, I'm praying this week. God would reveal to you the things that you, they're right there in front of you and you're not recognizing them because you've never seen it before. You thought it was going to look a different way. So look, 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 look. They're standing there, standing there. Uh, so verse, uh, verse uh, 18. Let's go to verse 18. I'll go to verse 17. When Samuel caught sight of Saul, the Lord said to him, this is the man I spoke to you about. He will govern my people. Saul approached Samuel in the gateway and he says, would you please tell me where the seer is? Verse number 19. He says, I'm the seer. Verse 19. I'm the guy you're looking for. Go up ahead of me to the high place for today you're going to eat with me. And in the morning, I will, I will send you on your way and will tell you all that is in your heart. Wait. What? I'm looking for the prophet. I'm face to face with the prophet. I don't know I'm face to face with the prophet. Then the guy that I'm looking for says to me, I've been waiting for you. Go up there to the high place. I got a spot at my table for you. We're going to eat together tonight. All right, let me contextualize this. Uh, you got a friend. They lost their phone, okay? Lost their phone. Uh, got a brand new iPhone 14, okay? Paid $38,000 for the phone. And they got the new phone. They got the Pro, too. They got the Pro. It's big. It's big, you know. Big phone, and they lost it. Like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I lost his phone. You're in New York, right? You're in New York, and your friend says, I lost my phone. Now, for whatever reason, your friend doesn't go to find my phone app. Your friend just decides to look around for the phone. So you say, oh, yeah, I'll help you find your phone. No problem at all. Let's go find the phone. And you're walking around, walking around, trying to find the phone, trying to find the phone, trying to find the phone. And, and you bump into this guy. And you say, hey, sir, have you, have you seen my friend's phone? And the person you bump into is Dave Chappelle. He turns around, cigarette in his hand. I have no impersonation, just so y'all know. He says, hey. And you're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Dave Chappelle. Listen, Dave, my friend lost their phone. Uh, do you know what? He goes, just so you know, I had a dream about you last night. Dream about who? I had a dream about you. I had a dream that this moment was going to happen. Matter of fact, here are some backstage passes to my show tonight. I want you to have these backstage passes, and here's the key to my place. You and all your friends, meet me at my crib after the show. And he walks away. What just happened in this moment right here? How in the world... 
was I looking for a phone. I stumble into Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle gives me backstage passes to his concert, to his show, and then gives me keys to his house. Now, if you don't like Dave Chappelle, you know, I already lost you with that. The Lord forgives you. <laughs> Kidding. Okay, he's vulgar. I mean, there's a lot of bad things. A lot of funny stuff, too. Okay? <laughs> Plenty of bad. But some stuff is funny. So, so I am not endorsing what Dave Chappelle does on the platform at all. You recognize that, right? I'm, this is just a story to help, 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 help us. So, so you are now on your way to Dave Chappelle's house with keys. And you're like, what is going on? This is what Saul had to be feeling. I'm just looking for some donkeys. And now the prophet's like, I got a spot for you at the table? So they go up to the table to sit down to eat. But Saul's got a problem. Look at his problem. It's in verse number 21. Saul answered, but am I not a Benjamite from the smallest tribe of Israel? And is not my clan the least of all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin? Why do you say such a thing to me? It seems here that Saul is fine. He thinks himself worthy enough to search for donkeys. But he does not consider himself worthy enough to sit at the prophet's table. He is okay with doing some of these menial tasks, but he's not okay with a seat in a position of honor. I read this, and I could not help but think about Jesus inviting us to the table. I could not help but see that our glorious Savior said, yes, I know you're from the least tribe. Yes, I know your brokenness. Yes, I know the abuse. Yes, I know the hurt. Yes, I know the disappointment. Yes, I know why you have disqualified yourself or why other people have disqualified you. Yes, I know about the divorce. Yes, I know about the money. Yes, I know about the lies. But I want you to know I'm not bringing you to the table because of who you are. I'm bringing you to the table because who I am and that's what God has always done so he looked down at humanity and he said I see a broken and a hurting world and Jesus said I'm putting skin on I'm entering into our humanity and he gets down here and he walks amongst us and then he gets on this old rugged cross and he takes all of our sin and all of our shame and all of our brokenness and all of our hurt and all of our loss and he says I'm going to put that on me and then he dies but he does not stay in the grave what he does is he conquers death, hell, sin, and the grave. And on the third day, he gets up out of that grave. And once he got out of that grave, he's reconciling all of humanity back to God in that moment. Now you and I have a seat at the table, not because of what we've done, but because of what he's done. So my friends, would you please take your seat at the table? Would you please, would you please stop pushing yourself away from the table? You're not there because you deserve it. The whole point is you don't deserve it. 
The whole point is you don't measure up. The whole point is our sin has stained us. And the whole point is his grace has cleansed us. The whole point is his mercies are new every morning. The whole point is that God has been pursuing you even when you weren't pursuing him. The whole point is you're looking for donkeys and God's trying to bring you to himself. So here, here's all this wrestling. So many of us wrestling with our spot at the table. But I'm looking for a leader. I'm looking for a leader. Looking for a leader. Looking for a leader. Looking for a leader. And it's you. It's you. It's you. I know you pushed yourself away. And I'm praying after today, every man and woman would stop pushing themselves away and would step into what God has called them to. Because watch this. Watch this. This is crazy, y'all. Verse number 23. The prophet Samuel said to the cook, watch this. Bring the piece of meat I gave you, the one I told you to lay aside. Verse 24. So the cook took up the thigh with what was on it and set it in front of Saul. Samuel said, listen to what he says. Here is what has been kept for you. Eat. Here is what has been kept for you. Eat. Here is what has been kept for you. Eat. Because it was set aside for you for this occasion. There are some things that God has set aside just for you. There are some people that God has set aside just for you. There are some moments that God has set aside just for you. There's a place, a position that God has set aside just for you. And you're not comparing yourself to anybody else. You're not better than anybody else. God set it aside just for you. You did not give yourself those gifts. God gave you that gift. You know why you're good with people? It's because God made you good with people. You know why you're good with numbers? It's because God made you good with numbers. You know why you're good with, with, with thinking outside the box? It's because God gave you that kind of mind. Do you know why you're good with accounting? It's because God gave you that gift. You know why you're good with music? God gave you that gift. You know why you're good with kids? God gave you that gift. And God gave you this gift. And he says, I need you to take what I've given you and I need you to eat. I need you to eat this thing all the way through so that you can go ahead and be who I've called you to be and do what I've called you to do. Stop pushing yourself away from the table and grab a hold of the thing that I set aside for you for this occasion. For this occasion. For this moment. You could have been born in any generation. It was for this occasion. You could go to any church. It was for this occasion. You could be anywhere today online. It was for this occasion. 
God said, I want to unlock and I want to awaken. For many, I want to reawaken the purpose and the destiny and the call that I put on the inside of you, not to live for yourself, but to live for my glory. And so many of us are hiding out and God is saying, come out of hiding and be who I've called you to be and do what I've called you to do. So here, he's got to eat. It's been set aside for him. Eat. It belongs to you. Obviously, it ultimately belongs to God. But he gave it to you. So adopt. Marry the person. Some of us have disqualified ourselves because we've seen past relationships that are broken and we don't think we deserve the thing. And God's like, no, I, gave, I set this aside for you for this occasion. Stop sabotaging what I called you to do. Well, I, I, I can never step into leadership. I just don't know. I don't know uh, if, they, if, they will, if they will accept me. If God has already accepted you. That does not mean we don't need to change. That doesn't mean we don't need to get, forget, you know, repent of sin. That doesn't mean we don't need to make adjustments. Of course we do. I'm talking about who you are. It's because of the finished work of Jesus that we are now made right with God. This jacket got me sweating a bunch today. <laughs> I'm just about done here. Look at this. He, he says, it was for this occasion, I set it aside for you. I feel like, let me just say this real quick. I feel like I have been a reluctant leader at times. And my reluctancy sometimes has spilled over into this church family. And I don't want me battling any insecurities to put a lid on you for what God has called you to do. So I just need you to know that this message is not just for you, it's for me. I felt God saying to me, Earl, I've set aside some things for you, eat. And if he's saying it to me, this ain't a sermon I'm trying to preach. This is a, a charge, this is a message, this is a moment in time. We're saying Shoreline City from the balcony to the floor to online to additional seating. I'm looking for a leader and the leader is you. So Samuel here keeps on hanging out with Saul. He's talking to him. And here's our last verse. In 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse number 6. It says, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you. The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you. And you will prophesy with them. And you will be changed into a different person. The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, Saul. You're going to prophesy. You're going to speak the words of God. Declare the truth of God. And you're going to be changed into a different person. Uh, I know some of y'all like notes, and I, I'm not the biggest one for points, I know. But if you want, want me to summarize this for you. Number one, looking for a leader 
who will serve. A leader that's just willing to go look for donkeys. I watch kids. I'll hang out with teenagers. I'll put a little earpiece on and help out in the parking lot. I'll go serve our homeless family. I'll go on a mission trip. God, what do you need me to serve? What do you need me to do? Doesn't have to be big. Just tell me what you want me to do. If, if there's a need, I'll fill it. There's some things you don't have to be gifted for. You can just step into. I'm not gifted to do dishes. <laughs> they just got to be done at the house. <laughs> so I just step into it. There's some things that you just need to step into. Not because you're gifted. But just because there's a hole there. And we need your voice and your heart and your life to step into it. We're looking for a leader not just who serves, but a leader who is also willing to sit at the table they've been invited to. We'll sit in that place not with pride and arrogance, but with confidence and humility. Because God's the one that invited me to the table in the first place. I'm only here because God invited me here. If it was not for the grace of my glorious Savior, I would not be at this table. Lastly, looking for a leader who's filled with the Spirit. Not a leader that's filled with themselves, but a leader that's filled with the Spirit. Saying, God, whatever that looks like, fill me up with your Spirit. Pour out the third person of the Trinity in me, on me, and wherever that takes me. If I begin to speak and declare the, the power and the glory of God shoot if I if I'm laying hands on people if I'm speaking in tongues if I'm shouting if I'm dancing if I'm loving if I'm sir as I'm conformed more into the image of Christ because that's ultimately what being filled with the spirit is as I'm conformed into the image of Christ so I can be the hands and feet of Jesus empowered to do what God has called me to be then God let it be I don't want to be a husband. I don't want to be a son. I don't want to be a mother. I don't want to be a wife. I don't want to be a boss. I don't want to be a friend apart from the empowerment of your spirit. Fill me up. I'm looking for a leader. Looking for a leader. And it's you. It's you. So I do pray that the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the encouragement of heaven is working deep on the inside of us so that guilt is not our motivator, shame is not our motivator, condemnation is not our motivator. motivator. But what God has done for us, his love toward us, becomes our motivation to step into the leadership that he has called us to. If you wouldn't mind, bow your heads for just a moment.
online in the room, I want you to bow your heads just for a moment. If you're under the sound of my voice and you have never given your heart and your life to Christ, right now you know it's time for you to stop going your own way. It's time to go God's way. It's time for you to stop doing things on your own timetable and say, God, I'm going to give you my timetable. I'm going to give you my heart. I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to give all of who I am to you. This is not a question of were you baptized as a kid or do you have a Bible? This is a question of is Jesus Christ the final authority in your life and are you following his path? If that's you, you've never given your heart to Christ. At one point in time you did, you slipped away. And today you're saying, I don't want to go my own way. I want to go his way. On the count of three, I want you to do something simple but bold. I just want you to throw your hand in the air. Ready? One, two, three. Just put your hand up in the air. You're saying, yep, that's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. Come on. Online in the room, you're raising your hands up right now. Come on. In the balcony, I see you. On the floor, I see you. You're saying, yep, that's me. That's me. Don't let the person next to you intimidate you. This is your moment where God is saying, son, daughter, time to come home. Time for Time for you to give me your heart. Time for you to take this step. Come on, come on. I'm going to ask everyone to do me a favor. Every person under the sound of my voice, put your hand over your heart if you would not mind. And I want you to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I made mistakes. And today I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, lift up our heads, clap our hands.